is Alicia Christian, and welcome to the Eating Me Podcast. Hey, y'all, it's Alicia, and happy 2023. I am so excited that we have made it to this year, that we are in a place to start anew and to see what this year has to offer for all of us. So this is going to be an amazing year. I'm claiming that for everyone. An amazing year where we make change and we empower ourselves to be our best selves. And what better way to do that by having Paula Yoles bring us into this new year with ending emotional eating. Uh, Paula Yoles is the owner of Body, Mind, Food Freedom. She's a Body, Mind, Food Freedom coach, and she's the founder of the End Emotional Eating with Ease Method. Paula empowers women to end emotional eating. The women she works with know that it's not really about the food and that they are ready to do some deeper soulful work so they can step out of this exhausting struggle and step step into deeper self-love while feeling fabulous in a body just right for her live a joyous life, and having a lasting, peaceful relationship with food. Paula draws on her 20-plus years of holistic health, elementary school teaching, and emotional wellness training to bring a non-judgmental openness to her coaching. Paula is trained in the Healers Program, Empowerment Chakra Tapping Mastery, EFT Tapping, and is a meal garden recipe professional. Y'all, you're in for a treat. I had an amazing time connecting with Paula. And actually, Paula and I, after we met, we have been, you know, just talking back and forth on Facebook and just really have become pretty good Facebook pals uh, since we have met I will not keep you waiting. You will be blessed by this conversation. So without further ado, please welcome the amazing Paula Yoles. Hello. (laughs) We have Paula Yoles here with us today. I am, I'm super duper excited that she's here with us because she um, is going to educate us on emotional eating and her journey with emotional eating. And I am being selfish in this way because I am an emotional eater. So this is going to be probably a therapy session for me in some ways. <laughs> I'm real. all in. I'm all in it. I'm here for you, Alicia. Don't worry. Oh, I love it. Um, so, so like I said, I'm just super excited to talk about this topic. I've talked about it with other people, but I think it's still a different way of approaching it with every different person because no one's cookie cutter, right? Exactly. And, and so I it, love that you're using the food metaphors already because I use them all the time too. So, <laughs> listen, cookies are my thing. So, yeah, let's not even go there. I'm telling you, like I and and w- as we keep talking, you'll see that I am. Food is just something I have always gone to for comfort. Even for just, you know, I'm I'm happy about something. Let's eat, you know. And I think that's another thing, too, at some point we can talk about. But before we get going and I before I start running my mouth and we're like completely off the rails, if you don't mind just sharing with everyone, you know, one, like how did emotional eating become something that you were super interested in and also with helping people with their emotional eating journeys? You bet. Thanks, Alicia. Great question. So I was an emotional eater. I kind of feel like once an emotional eater, always an emotional eater on some level, but it can be something that is in the forefront and consuming your life. Mm -hmm. Or it could be something that you've made peace with. And it's just, you know, that if things get to a certain point, it might crop up again and have the tools to support yourself. So when I was younger, um, you know, everybody, as we're growing up, each person finds their own like ways to deal with their stress in their right. lives growing up because everybody has stress or anxiety or overwhelm or whatever in their lives. So mine was food. I went to food to soothe myself starting at a very young age. Um, I didn't know that I was emotional eating or stress eating because that's, you know, just kind of what I did. And then as I got older i tried a couple different diets because you know i was one of those the chunkier more robust kids and so i tried a couple diets and worked for a little while didn't work for a little while and you know that kind of 
thing. I'm sure most people listening probably can relate to that. And then in my early 30s, I was really low emotionally. Some people, I like, I could have been labeled low depression. Mm. I was not happy. I was totally pretending I was fine and functioning on top of it. I wasn't talking about it with my friends. I wasn't talking about it with my family. I was married at the time. I didn't talk about it with um, my partner at the time. And then one of my good friends, she saw through me pretending and she she took the risk and she said, to me when we were out on a walk she said she said paula i'm really worried about you like you seem really unhappy and um you're you've put on a lot of weight and she didn't say it in a mean way you know i didn't get insulted and in that moment because i had been pretending i realized i had a decision to make like i can either just keep on pretending and going on like i'd always been like you know like you're walking down the street people are like hi how are you you're like fine it was like that i was doing right. that though like every moment of my day with you know, <laughs> even the people who are closest to me and i decided i was going to step into the fear and actually admit to her that she was right and i did and i told her it's like you know you're right and i don't want to stay like this and i don't know what to do and um and it's not like she had any answers for me either but you know right. i just like in that moment i was like okay i'm gonna step out of pretending i'm gonna step into the fear because it was scary to admit it to somebody like i wasn't even sort of on one, any level admitting it to myself right and i didn't know what i was going to do or how i was going to change or anything like that because i had i had done traditional talk therapy and i don't think there's anything wrong with it but it it wasn't getting to shifting things for me. And, um, and so, and pride and what had, I was, so I was still, even after she said that, and I said, I, I'm, you're right. And I went step in the fear. I was still coming home after work. I was elementary school teaching then, you know, my son was young, a little, was like, you know, I don't know, four or five then. I'd come home, I'd go directly to the spoon, get the spoon, go over to the freezer, open up, get my Ben and Jerry's. We were really good friends, Ben and Jerry's and I. And I'd just be standing there and eating spoon after spoon. And I kind of go like into like, um, like zoned out zone, like, and not even conscious I was eating until I heard thunk and my spoon hit the bottom of the container and it would sort of like wake me up and I'd be like, oh, I did it again, you know? Wow. So, and it was just sort of that kind of, you know, mindless eating, stress eating, emotional eating. And then when I, then I'd be like, oh, I did it again. And then I start doing the whole shame and blaming myself and like, you promised yourself would be different. And it just wasn't changing. So part one of my transformation was, oh, I admitted that I was miserable. I admitted that I need, I didn't know what to do. And then a few weeks later, a different friend, I love, this is like where the universe provides, right? Because I didn't know what I was going to do. A different friend, she'd been in a course called the Healers Program, and they needed practice clients. And she invited me. She's, I was like, okay, I'm willing to try anything because I had already said yes to myself and admitted it. So I went um, and not only was I like feeling low emotionally, I had a lot, I had digestive problems growing up Mm. most of my life. I'm at that point with the extra weight on my body, like my joints weren't happy. Um, I had, yeah, digestion, constipation, just like not, you know, not not so good in lots of ways. So anyways, I went to the practice session at the healers program and her teacher was going around from like group to group, just sort of looking and checking in. And um, he came over to my group. He knew nothing about me. They just told him like my name. And he said, he's like, "Um, how, what was year 12 like for you? And I was like, year 12 i was like i don't know like any other year you know i don't know i don't know (laughs) and it was like and i said well and he's like well what was it like for you stepping into your womanhood and you know starting menstruating and what was that like for you so 
And I was like, wow, actually, I'm really uncomfortable with it. I never, like, you know. And he could tell I had never stepped fully into my full power. Right. And that I was not dealing with my emotions. And I was checking out on me. He he did um, Asian face diagnosis. So he okay. that's part of what he did. I didn't know what he was doing, though, at the time. And I was just. <laughs> now, what is that? So you can look at people's faces and see different things like the okay. upper lip, upper your upper lip connects to your um, upper digestion, like of your up your upper intestines, and your okay. lower lower lip is your lower intestines, and so and the tip of your nose is connects to your heart. So, like you can see, um, like a lot of people who if you're like out at the bar drinking a lot or if you're an alcoholic the tip of the nose tends to be red mm. so mm -hmm, or okay. yeah so, so i really know like hardly anything about it it's very complex and right. I know, like little tiny bits but anyways i was just like i'm in like i don't know who how this guy knows this stuff about me and they had given me a few little changes to make on my diet like you know like two little changes and I signed up for his healer's program, his two-year program, because I wanted to get unstuck with my emotions. I wanted to feel better physically. At this point, I still didn't quite totally get that I was emotionally eating. Right. And I went into that program for myself, and it totally transformed my life. He held mm. a container to help me deal with my emotions, get back in my body, be able to be present with myself, be able to be present with my emotions, be able to talk to other people if I was having conflict with them or not feeling good about our interactions. And he guided me in slow, steady changes to my food that worked for me and my body. Wow. So like my digestion cleared up, my constipation went away. And my emotions up leveled and I was feeling good and just feeling fabulous. And without trying, the weight came off because wow. I was feeling good emotionally. I was taking care of myself. So the weight that I was holding, I, first of all, I wasn't needing to go into the freezer when I was coming home all the time like I was. I mean, it did take a while for that to change. It wasn't like an overnight kind of thing. And then Something that's been going on for decades doesn't change overnight, usually. <laughs> usually. Right. <laughs> um, he wasn't Harry Potter, so he couldn't wave his wand. But, you know, but it just, and then the next piece, Alicia, from there, like, so the weight came off again. I wasn't trying to lose weight. I was just trying to feel better emotionally. I was trying to right. feel better physically. And I was still elementary school teaching. And staff, would see me day to day so they'd see what you know me transforming and they they were asking me like what are you doing and parents who wouldn't see me as often but they'd see me once a week or once a couple times a month or whatever right. at school they're like wow what are you doing everybody expected me to say i'm on this kind of diet or i'm eating this way and i was like right. well i'm doing a lot of deep inner emotional work and making small steady changes to my food you know, and and then it's like, I'm wondering, are people then like they're let down? It's like, oh, uh, maybe I thought Weight Watchers was doing it. Maybe I can get back on it this time. You didn't know say like seriously. No, I agree with you. I agree with you. <laughs> I find like people when you when you give them information that they they are not exposed to or they know about because we're just so used to seeing the commercials, Weight Watchers, Nutrisystem, whatever. So it's like you're expecting to hear that, and then when you don't hear that, you're like. Where did she find us? This, this is some kind of woo-woo. You know, like seriously, you know? Yeah. No, I totally agree with you. Yeah. Right. Certain people, like, it's just like so out of their realm and that's right. fine. And so what's happening is colleagues and my family start seeing me as a resource around mm. eating healthier. And they just also just saw me as like they know I transformed my life. They saw it. Like they saw it happen in front of them. And, and, um, you know, like my cousin just said, he's like, you know, one of the reasons like 
I really love spending time with you is that you're like really compassionate and present and, but you're truthful and honest. And, you know, it was like the hugest compliment, but that wasn't until after the transformation because before the transformation, I was miserable Mm. and I wasn't happy and I was stuck in that food struggle bus, you know, you know, and just not, not able to figure out how to get out of it. So it just got to the point where I was like, Okay, well, everybody see me as a resource. Hmm. Maybe I can help other people. And I just, and that started 15 years ago. It's about 15 years ago. When that happened, it also started me into being in the whole health and wellness world. Right. And I'm just like constantly learning. And whoops, sorry. I found my phone. Oh, you're fine. <laughs> Thanks. And so, and so, and so, real life. And so, yeah, so it just like I blasted into health and wellness. I'm constantly learning new things. And I just decided, hey, this is a gift I can share with other women who want to bust out of and release the emotional eating that, you know. So here I am now with my business helping women. So I love it. And I think. And correct me if I'm wrong, because I, I don't know all the, in terms of like defining emotional eating, but when we think of emotional eating, like, or, or what is the true, or maybe I'm not even saying this right in terms of true definition, but what is the definition of emotional eating? Because when I think of emotional eating, I think of someone, and I say this because this is me, you know, having my, my bouts with life, I'm with the Ben and Jerry's and I am like going in because of some type of horrible situation that's happened or I'm frustrated or there's some type of anxiety that's causing me to like go for that. Is it always a anxious or depressive type of state that someone can be in? Like, what does that look like? Okay. Well, I think it's any emotion for whatever there's two, I'm going to say two streams to it. Okay. One is any emotion that's not feeling or situation that's not feeling good. And for whatever reason, the person uh, isn't in a place of being able to deal with it or process it or address it. So you turn to food to soothe yourself. Okay. The other aspect of emotional eating is celebrations, right? Because like, right? I'm on both spectrums. Trust me. <laughs> well, I, most emotional eaters are on both spectrums, you know? So yeah. And I certainly was too. And it crops, like I said, I'm honest, like it crops up occasionally, you know? Right. So, um, but I have a lot more conscious awareness around it and more, you know, and it used, used to be something where like I would spin out for months and months and months and months. Now it's like, might be a day or two. And then I'm like, oh, no, come on. You know how to, you know how to do what you need to do. Right. <laughs> so that's sort of it. And then it, it's also like when I use this term, and I think you know this, like when I use this term, emotional leader, I don't know what I would say in the dictionary, but to me, emotional leader is someone who either stress eats or is anxiety eating or is mindlessly eating or is a binging nighttime snack attacks right because a lot of times nighttime snacking is about either you're exhausted and you're trying to keep yourself going so you're not dealing with yourself that you're actually exhausted and so you eat to keep yourself going so you're ignoring your body's messages and or nighttime snacking it's often feelings are coming up from the day and you don't want to deal with it yeah and so you're soothing yourself with food so, so I think I covered, I always miss something, but, you know, binge eating, overeating, nighttime snacking, um, stress eating, anxiety eating, overeating, and then I, and emotional eating. So it's different ways into that term right. of emotional eating. And as you were like naming all those, I was like, check, 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 mm-hmm. check. Like seriously, mm-hmm. because, and I, I find, because it's still something that's happening with me, it really like became something um, in terms of me eating at night. The nighttime eating and snacking was something that I um, resorted to during the pandemic because Mm -hmm. at that point, right, I'm in front of the TV, I'm watching either the numbers of deaths that are increasing or whatever, you know, 
our president was doing at the time. You know, like, like trying to just cope with whatever information that I'm taking in from the news. And I watch the news all the time, you know? Mm. So once the night hit, and like now that I'm speaking it out loud, it's like, oh my gosh, that's what I was doing. It's to cope with this information. I had my popcorn, I had whatever. And it, meanwhile, it was like a, it's wild because it was like we had a routine. We mm-hmm. ate dinner no later than like six o'clock. We catch up with each other, shower, and maybe like an hour later, I'd get all my snacks, literally. And mm-hmm. I would just sit in the bed, my wife and I, and we would go to town. And we still do this. It's not as, um, it's not as much, but it's become a habit now, you right. know? Right. So that's the other piece, right? Because it's a, right, there's the habit piece and then there's the emotional piece. And one of my clients who I'm working with right now, she has um, a similar similar routine. She she calls her bedroom her oasis. She just loves like the furniture in there and she's got the TV and, you know, like she just loves being in there. Yeah. And so we're working on shifting and changing that for her. And I really strongly believe, you know, the whole diet mentality is like you're either on the diet or you're off the diet. Right. right. So you're either on the diet and you're doing great and you're you're like, yay me. And then like mm-hmm. one slip, one little thing, and you're off the diet, and then the whole shame and blame comes in. And it's so it's like an all or nothing mentality. Right. I strongly believe from my own personal experience and then working with my clients that it's actually making slow steady changes creates a lifestyle and so with my client and her bedroom oasis and she's the same like she loves all her different chips and i don't even know all the different things but it's like a you know like a smorgasbord of snacks and uh and she wants to shift and changes and so we talked about it and she shared more about it with me and i just said well you know let's pick something really small do you want to and she, part of what she talked about is like she's eating too much quantity. Mm-hmm. And then the other part is she said it's really mostly junk food. And so I said, I said, well, how about this thought? Do you want to, would you rather work on decreasing it and keeping it the, in, in she called the junk food, keep it as the junk food for now? Or do you want to keep the quantity and shift it into healthy, healthy foods that you're eating? So right. like, it's like one like when you do a science experiment as a scientist, you change one little factor at a time. Right. And she's like, I want to keep my junk food, but I'm going to work on decreasing it. You mm. know, and, and so, and it's just like a slow thing. And, and then eventually she can decide, like either it gets down to small enough quantity that feels okay, because I'm not going to tell you not to eat junk food if you want to eat it. I, again, I'm not under that. Like I really believe you need to be empowered to make your own choices so that it fits in with your lifestyle and it's not a battle. Right. I mean, I have opinions about certain kinds of foods that I don't think are the healthiest, but I'm not going to force my client to eat the way that works for my body. She asks, she gets to pick it, you know? So, yeah. No, I love that because it's, you know, sometimes I feel and this is my fear. I'm not putting this on anyone else. But my fear is, is that I get into a situation where I'm reaching out for that type of help for my emotional eating. And then someone's going to come in and tell me, okay, you're doing this wrong, this wrong, this wrong, this wrong. Here's what you need to eat to succeed. And as I say it out loud, I know it sounds ridiculous, but it's a fear that I have. And I'm- I don't think it's ridiculous because there are, and this is just like with anything, like if you're going to... Uh, a massage and get a massage you have to find a masseuse is that what they're called masseuse you have to find a massagist whatever person who gives the massage here's a match for you right like because like i don't like really hard massage like if you give like i can't stand that you know my friend loves it so like person she go to would be torture for me you know so it's the same thing with with the food freedom emotional eating coach you need to find a person that's a map for you some people want people to say like you have to stop eating this you have to do this and this and this and that works for them and other people it doesn't right so i don't think it's unreasonable fear yeah it's there's so much angst i think also too and i 
I speak for a few a few people that have I've talked to about this, like that are emotional eaters, and it's that fear of changing this routine that I have, right? Like I know the routine is ridiculous, right? Me eating all this food at night. Meanwhile, I've had dinner and, you know, so, so how do you work through that with a client? Like really like discussing that fear about it because mm -hmm. it's like, why am I so afraid? Like, it's food. Like this food is not going to, you know, make me richer. It's not going to do anything for me except, you know, put more fat, you know, on my belly. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, why am I so afraid? Yeah. Well, that's the million dollar question. So. <laughs> Help me. <laughs> well, one, it's routine. So there's like that whole piece, right? So uh -huh. like we're, we like routines, humans like routines and yes. habits. And so there's kind of that piece mm -hmm. to me that, so, I have this, do you know the 80-20 rule? So I've learned about 80-20 in terms of like 80%, because at one point I was doing 80% raw food, 20% like cooked or... Okay, that that's a different 80-20. Okay. I guess there's a lot of 80-20s, but right. anyways, the 80-20 that I knew about is 80%, and I'm going to loop back around to your thing, don't worry, 80% no, is eat... Um, really healthy 80% of the time, then 20% of the time, eat whatever you want. That's sort of out there in the like diet, lifestyle, right. eating world. There's like 5,000 things out there. And so my twist on it is 80% is doing the inner emotional work and 20% is making the food habit changes. So because like you said, you're having, you have this fear. The fear is really, I, I, I think it's like there's so many layers to it it's like the right. fear of giving up the food like what's gonna happen if i give up the food and the soothing and the comfort that it mm -hmm. provides what's gonna be behind it what's underneath it and that's the same with like holding on like weight when we have weight on our bodies like i'm, I'm you know i had weight on my body so i'm not you know pointing and blaming anybody right. anyway but when i it's the same thing like i had to wait on my body because i was in a marriage that was miserable for me i was right. so miserable i hadn't dealt with my like childhood stuff and so mm -hmm. the weight was you know, stuck on my body and staying on my body in a way to protect me. It was, it was like a protection, wow. right? So the giving up of food is a layer of protection and comfort and, you know, and, and sometimes it's just routine too. And obviously, like you said, in the pandemic, it sounds like that routine started in the pandemic. Well, right. you know, like that was like, yeah. Oh, like talk about stressful, talk about emotional, talk right. about like anxiety for like everybody. Like, of course, like, you know, so that one might be more of like a habit change for you right. possibly like, you know, and though the, I mean, I literally was having the same conversation with a different client <laughs> last week where she was like, I, I, like, we had been working on trying to get her to move her body more because that was one thing she asked me to help her with. Like, mm -hmm. I don't teach exercise, but I'm right. ac loving accountability around exercise for my clients. And um, and it took us quite a while to get there, but she's got that in place. Like, she's feeling better. She's doing her spiritual practice in the morning, which is something she wanted to be doing. Right. And, you know, and she's like, I just can't and she's eat, cooking and preparing meals in the way she wants to. But she's like, I just have this fear, though, of like reducing my quantity. Like it's like she's like, it's a literal fear, you know, mm -hmm. and it's like, I just can't. And we're, so it's the same conversation. And I think it's it's scary because we don't know what's underneath it. We don't know what's on the other side. And it's like, am I going to fall apart if I give up? Yes. And this addiction, right, food addiction, emotional eating, using it as a wider umbrella term, is you can't give up eating, you know, right? Like if you're a smoker, you can give up smoking and you'll be fine. Right. So it, it has a whole other level of complexity to it that 
food is our fuel. Our bodies run on it. We have to have it. Right. And it's so funny that you mentioned that, that we have to have food. I was just talking to a really good friend of mine about that. It's like, I it's like of all the addictions that I had to like take on, why is it food? Because I need food, right? But at the same time, I find myself overindulging in ways that are just outrageous, you know? And, and, and also on the same level, it's like when I do talk to people about my emotional eating or, you know, whatever's going on, it's almost brushed off like it's not a big deal. It's like, oh, girl, just stop doing blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, no, you don't get it. Like, no. I am. No. <laughs> they don't. They don't. Right. Like, they just don't understand that it, this goes beyond me just wanting a few cookies. If I have a package of, let's say, Oreos. Oh, yeah. First of all, Oreos, they need to be shot because, oh, God, I'm going to say it that way. But you know what I mean? <laughs> the way they package it now, there's no, when I was a kid, there were sleeves. Yeah. So if you ate a sleeve, you can kind of like, okay, I'm not opening up, opening up another sleeve. Now you can open up the whole thing. And before you know it, you're like, I I'm like two rows deep. Like, how is this possible? You know? I know. <laughs> yeah. I, it's, 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 it's so mind blowing. So that's the other piece to me is also the whole food companies and the way things are set up and just, you know, where was I? I went to something over the weekend. Can't remember. Uh -huh. But basically people like the, what was being served was all like, sugar things all candy right. cookies like you know and so that's that's the other reason why i stepped into this is like i said i was an elementary school teacher right and over the years of 26 years of teaching seeing the food change that was coming in the kids lunch boxes mm -hmm. and and changing um in the hot lunches too what it was and it just broke my heart and i don't blame the families like the world is so fast paced it's not set up for making easy choices around cooking you have to really make a conscious choice around fitting that into your you know busy life and i just saw how it impacted the kids so my secret mission which is not really a secret anymore because it's out i'm telling everybody now but my secret mission is that if I help women make peace with food, make peace with their body, it spreads out to the rest of the household mm. and and even to, you know, like their wider circle that's right. even beyond, you know, even if you live by yourself, like whoever you socialize, it it unintentionally spreads out. And I just I feel like that's part of my mission is like I want to help the individual women and I want to help it spread to their family and community around them so that people are growing up understanding, oh, yeah, I'm having emotions. Yep, I don't need to soothe it with food. Or if I am, I'm aware of it. I have strategies and I'm picking healthier foods to emotionally eat with. <laughs> right. No, I love that. And it actually, you said something and I, I was like, oh my gosh, this is so interesting. So you were saying like, basically you want to help women and then it'll trickle down to like maybe their family or friends or whoever in terms of, you know, teaching them how to also, um, you know, potentially if they do have any type of emotional eating concerns or whatever, to just educate them as well. And hopefully, you know, they'll better them their lives. But I wanted to like kind of track, like circle back on that because I was thinking when you do have women in the in your program that have children, mm -hmm. right? And whatever, you know, habits or things they've taught their children in the past because of their emotional eating concerns, how do how do they then backtrack, you know, or, or then implement, maybe not backtrack, but then now implement these new ways of eating and even like talking to their kids, right? Yeah. Because I know me. I, I I don't really get on my daughter about it, but I I grew up with a mother. I mean, God bless her. She she's passed on, but she would say certain things mm -hmm. about my weight 
or whatever, but still like our eating habits were terrible. How do, and not saying that everyone's in that same category, but how does that work with women that you have worked mm -hmm. with that do have kids? Is Do they find more like resistance with their kids that they're trying to implement something more positive in terms of their eating habits? Like, or does it vary? Like what, is, what does that look like? Well, it does vary, right? Right. Right. Every household is different and I'm not, I'm not like, like forcing them to change what they're serving their kids. I'm not forcing them to change what they're eating themselves either. That's right. not my thing. I really like the bulk of what I do. The women I work with already know their emotional leaders are stress eaters. Like they mm. know that they get that and they're, and they want to do the inner work. So we're mostly like the 80, 20, we're mostly 80% right. doing the inner work. So their families, and this is what happened with me with my son is like, I was living in mild depression, very unhappy. And my son was energetically, of course, experiencing that, right? Because mm. he's around something. So as I shifted and changed my emotions and started feeling better and better and better, he's feeling that, right? So, right. and experiencing that and experiencing me engaging with him in a happy way and a in a feel good way, as opposed to when I was just like doing my mom thing, one foot in front of the other and just trying yeah. to make it through my day. So that's one thing that is huge. It's actually not one thing. Right. I think it's a huge thing. And then the other thing is the, it's the small steady changes, right? So right. I made changes and this is what happens with my clients too. It's small steady changes. So I was, um, I ended up being, separated and divorced and so I was a single mom when he was home with me half time and so but the food was slowly changing mm. it wasn't a diet it wasn't it was creating a new lifestyle diet like you got to change the whole thing starting the first day you're on the diet right so that wasn't it it was really slow steady changes to the food so it didn't feel drastic Okay. To him. And and that's the same with my clients that have children. One, they could end up cooking possibly sometimes separate meals if that's what they want to do, or mm. they're making slow steady changes, so it's not drastic. You know, I mean there are plenty of households where even like people aren't trying to make changes to their food where the parents are already cooking two different meals, you know, yeah. one for the parents, one for the kids. So you know, so yeah. One of my clients, she, when we started working together, she had, um, she had um, six or eight children. I can't remember. And she and her husband, and, um, she's like, she's like, I, I really want to change my food quickly. That was her choice. That's what she wanted okay. to do, you know? And so I said, okay. And, but we talked about the family situation. She said, well, I'm just going to cook I'm going to cook what my family's used to eating and I'm going to cook what I want to eat. And if they want to eat what I'm having, they can also. So she ended up, you know, over time, over the months we were working together, some of her kids would try some of the things that she made for herself and they'd like them and some would try it and wouldn't like it. And, you know, and then her husband, because first he was like, oh, my, I'm not eating that stuff. But then he would try it and he ended up switching over to mostly eating the way she was eating, you know, more right. vegetables and just more healthy food and less processed stuff. And, you know, so it varies. But my clients have been anywhere from, 40 years old to 82. I love so, it. I know. My 82-year-old client, like, I was, I love her. And um, we're not working together anymore because she had her transformation and she's doing yes. amazing, you know. But um, I was just like, yeah. 82. 82, saying yes to yourself. Woohoo! Yeah. you know. Because you would think at that point, it's kind of like, you know what? I'm, I'm 82. Like, I'm still alive. I'm living how I'm living. You know, you, like, seriously, yeah, you wouldn't think at that point. That's amazing. Yeah, no. I love so, that. Mm -hmm. 80 20, like now that I'm like, clearly it's not 80% raw food. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Alicia, God bless. Well, I think, you know, 80 20, I should probably Google it because there's probably lots of different meanings to 80 20. So. Yeah, for sure. But I, I am just, I'm fascinated now because the, I was thinking you were going to say something in regards to diet, like more fruits and vegetables, 80%. But you, like, 
tapped into what I think, not I think that I know that I need is really focusing on why emotionally I am in this situation with food as opposed to thinking, oh, I changed all these things or now I go vegan or, and it's, it's more than me just depleting myself of certain calories or meat or whatever. So the 80% of emotional, like, um, and I'm probably saying this wrong, but incorporating the 80% of, you know, emotional assistance, what does that look like? Um, like, how does that start in your process? Yeah. So um, there's a whole piece for most emotional eaters. Again, like everybody's different, right? right. Not, no cookie cutters. So, but for most emotional eaters, um, and this was true for me, mm-hmm. we, we leave ourselves when we're emotionally eating. Like we're not present with ourselves. We're like literally on some level check out of ourselves. Mm-hmm. And we also have a lot of shame and blame and rejection of the body. A lot of beating ourselves up around the way our body looks or doesn't look or, you know, like blah, blah, blah. Right. And, and then the nervous system is in high stress. So I start there. Those are the three places I start. Um, I have um, a whole process where I do what we start with getting you reconnected to your body, being able to release things that keeping you stuck that you never made peace with from the past without having to go into the dark places around it and not having going into the traumas around it. But it's more around just like admitting to yourself the things out, admitting to yourself your, the things you're saying inside your head all the time mm. about your food relationship, about your body, and about your emotion relationship. Right. And so it's a process. It's um, it's called empowerment chakra tapping. Um, okay. And so, um, or it's tapping can also be called EFT or tapping, but this is not traditional tapping. Um, so, the, and it's very hard, like, I'm going to give you a snippet understanding of it, but it's really like an experiential type of thing to experience. Okay. Um, it takes like around an hour to do one of the processes, but it has visualization that has connecting, sometimes connecting into your inner child or an experience from the past. It has tapping on some of your acupuncture points because that gets your brain out of fight or flight into rest rest or relax and so you're tapping on different your own on your own body on lightly on some of your acupuncture points and you're doing the visualization while you're doing it and you're saying and i'm guiding the whole process like i have a whole protocol and thing that i do i'm guiding the process where you're actually admitting those things that have go around and around your head so that it's not it's not stuck in your head it gets out of your head you're able to honor it you're able to release it and eventually your body just calms down with the actual visualization the saying the things out loud and the tapping on your acupuncture points it's they've done research there's lots of research out there that this tapping actually like they use it with um war vets to help them get over post-traumatic stress disorder wow okay yeah. so it's like it's like real valid it seems woo-woo but it's actually scientifically been studied and right. you know, proven and and so eventually your body as you're tapping and doing this your body actually gets out of fight or flight because most of us are walking around in fight or flight and i'd say even more now since the you know, pandemic. And, um, and then your brain is like, okay, I'm ready. I'm willing to let go of some of this old stuff I've been storing in my brain. I've been storing physically, energetically in my body, and which for emotional eaters, you know, is stored often as weight. And then the brain opens up and relaxes and is ready to take in and be repatterned and take in compassion on a deeper level, take in honoring on a deeper level, reframing the past past in a different level, and literally retraining the brain. Wow. And then I give 
mini, I call them soulful extensions, AKA homework. So, but, <laughs> but homework is a dirty word. So, you know, soulful extension, again, I don't force my clients to do it because again, I know with emotional eaters, mandating things for them it does not work because right. that's the whole thing. Like you, you need to be making your own choices, but that they would, that they would either like, yep, I'm willing to do that. Then they do it in between sessions and it helps expand it and integrate deeper what we did during the session. Mm-hmm. And it's really powerful. It, it's, it's really mind blowing. I have to say like right. it, it, it allows this new level of connection to yourself. It allows to start feeling like, okay, yep, this is my body and I can love it as it is and start taking in the fact and feeling like, oh yeah, this wasn't my fault from the past. Like I did what I had to do to survive, but taking it on a different level that talk therapy in my experience with emotional eaters hasn't kind of gotten them to the really stepping at, into a place of self-love on a deeper level, self-honoring and stepping out of the fear. I don't know if that gave you any. No, that's okay. Like, literally as you were talking, I could feel like my, I felt like, you know, you get those little tinglys. Like mm-hmm. I literally felt that. Cause it's like for me, and I, I'm pretty sure more, a lot of people feel this way too. I have, as a, now I feel a bit more that I'm in tune with my body, but I, in the past, I never, thought of connecting with my body in a way of like listening to it and actually understanding that I had, you know, a heightened nervous system. Like I did, I just was never truly connected with my body. I always felt like I was on the outside of this body and I would just kind of like steer it around and, you know, you know, Mm -hmm. throw a few things in there, some McDonald's, you know, my number two or whatever. Like I, but I never, thought of my body as me if that makes yeah. sense totally makes to be sense away from it. i wanted to be totally away from it yeah you yeah, know? yeah 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 one of the processes that i do and sometimes like when i say one sometimes it's not one session sometimes i do you know we do multiple sessions it just depends what that client needs but is that um it's about like even acknowledging you have a body Yes. Yeah, because of so many women who are emotional eaters, and it's probably true for men, but I've not, I've not been in a man's brain. I'm in my brain, and right. I work with women, so I don't really know. But it, and because so much more men are emotional eating now, too, and young kids and teenagers and all that, but is that they're like, I don't even look in the mirror below my shoulders. You know, like they don't even want to see when they get out of the shower or the tub right. or, you know, right? And I get it. I understand, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah. So like, even like you're saying like, yeah. Oh yeah. I have a body. (laughs) Like, you know, like, and going from there to like, then being like, okay, I'm going to figure out, we're going to work together so you can have some compassion towards your body and know it's not your fault. And I, I love that because I think for me, like I said, obviously the older I've gotten and the more I am, I'm learning about just this whole journey with like health and me eating and just, and as you've said, honoring my body, I've had to also accept the, 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 the depression that comes with that too. And I think that's where my emotional eating um, comes into play because when I have to start accepting certain things, it's not always going to be a happy thing. And so because of that, when it, when I get to that point, when I start really thinking that through, it's like, I, I need to eat something because I can't get through this unless I'm really preoccupied with food, right? Right. <laughs> yeah, totally understand. <laughs> and so I, I'm assuming that's where like the techniques, like the tapping and all that comes in. Mm-hmm. Um but it's just fascinating to know, like now that, like when you're speaking this out out loud, or you just kind of talking through things, it's like I am slowly realizing that I have neglected my body 
not only by the way of what, what my consumption, but also just honoring me and my body as just a being, right? Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. I, I see other people and I acknowledge their humanity, but my humanity, it's just kind of like, eh, it's just Alicia. Like, eh, you'll be all right. You know, like, do you find that with people? Like they will find the humanity and honoring other people, but for themselves, mm -hmm. you're just an afterthought. Like, yeah. Yeah. Emotional eaters are really amazing, compassionate people, women who are givers and mm. they, and they see the bright light in other people and they love other people up. And yet they're like, I don't love myself. Like, yeah. you know, like I had somebody in my Facebook group, she, in my free Facebook group, she, she wrote, cause I like sometimes do question the answers, ask me any question and I'll answer. It. And she's like, she's like, what's this thing with self-love? She's like, She's like, I, I just don't understand it. You know, like, she's like, there's all this talk about self-love. You have to love yourself. You have to love yourself. She's like, and, and I totally got what she was talking about. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's what you're talking about, you know, right. like around, like, just sort of, and I'm not saying you don't love yourself, but I'm just saying, I'm just yeah. saying that, yeah, I understand what you're talking about. It's, and you're not the only one. And I think social media is, like even when we were growing up before like all on social media it was still in magazines and on billboards and on tv it's like there's just all this like way you're supposed to look the way you're supposed to act the way you're supposed to be and it really does a number on everybody's brains yeah and i i also because we don't have a lot of time left and i'm like no but i also just part two coming soon <laughs> please i would are you kidding me because i'm just like why like all the answers are happening right here right now because it, like you said social media puts you in a position of thinking okay i have to either perform this way or look this way dress this way feel this way and it's like when is there a time for me to just figure out how i truly feel I guess that's also where you start honoring your body, right? You where you stop mm -hmm. and say, okay, what is it Alicia needs mm -hmm. as opposed to what society is telling me I need, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's doing some of the inner child work. And I used yeah. to be like, whatever, what's this inner child thing? You know, like, what? Like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Right. But in my training that I got for the empowerment chakra tapping, which actually wasn't for emotional eaters, but I adapted it for that. Yeah. Is it it's like I in order to get trained in it, I had to do all the training and be trained. So I went right. through the processes and I was like, Oh, there's and this is years after I had my beginning transformation where I did the two year healers program and he mm -hmm. helped me get back in my body and change my food and my emotions, all that. But like I said, I stayed in the health and wellness because I just love learning it. And when I got trained in the empowerment chakra tapping and we did the inner child work, which is not only that, that's a piece of it. But right. I was like, oh, this is a deeper level of connecting to myself and honoring myself and being present with myself on a whole other level. Mm. And I'm still working on that. Like I'm still... I, I think it's a journey that could go on forever. I mean, right. you know, so maybe the Dalai Lama has it all figured out. I'm sure he's still doing his inner work. I mean, he is. He's always doing his inner work, right? So, and I always think of like Oprah because she, we've seen her in so many different body sizes. Yes. And she's though so in her power and in her compassion and giving and strength and right like she's created this whole amazing universe like right. you can't do that unless you're connected to yourself right and so it has nothing actually to do with body size it has to do with our inner connection or disconnection yeah. with ourselves and our presence and I, oh my gosh, Paula, thank you so much. I Clearly, this is like the perfect place to end because that's what it is. It's us finding that inner, like 
healing for ourselves and not looking to someone else because that the person you're looking to, they're trying to figure their thing out. You know, like you said, the Dalai Lama doesn't have it all figured out. It's a journey, right? right. I think it, that's where, well, the hope would be diet culture would come to a point where it's more of a conversation around a journey as opposed to in 30 days, you could look like this. And it's like, okay, I probably could look like that in 30 days, but then what about 30 days after? I still have all the emotional stuff. <laughs> right, exactly. That's the thing. Diets only work for, what is it, like 2 or 5% of people long-term. It's, wow. it's not a lifestyle. Right. It's not a lifestyle. Oh, gosh. Yeah. So. We definitely have to have a part two. But before we go, please tell everyone where they can find you. Please. This okay, was amazing. Well thank, well, thank you, Alicia. It was, I, I love talking with you. It's so fun. I love uh -huh. talking about this, just like you love talking about this. So, yes. um, so the best place to find me is in my free Facebook group. It's called End Emotional Eating Sisterhood. So End Emotional Eating Sisterhood. And the other, I'm also on Instagram, just starting to be on LinkedIn. And you can actually email me and you'll get a real response from me. It might take me a few days, but it will be me. <laughs> And so it's Paula at PaulaYoles.com. So my first name is Paula, P-A-U-L-A at Paula Yoles. My last name is Y-O-L-L-E-S.com. But really, if you're on Facebook, join the End Emotional Eating Sisterhood. There's a lot of amazing women in there on the journey to make peace with food. I'm in there giving lots of amazing information, tips, and doing Facebook lives and every so often um, like, well, we're in, we're at the end of October right now, but I don't know when you're sharing this on the podcast, but through the end of November, I'm doing weekly um, free coaching sessions on zoom for my Facebook group so that they can experience some of what I do and just sort of like they can have the appetizer of it. So, oh, I love it. <laughs> so. Thank you so much, Alicia. Oh, no, thank you. This was amazing. And like I said, I look forward to more conversations with you because uh, this was this was beyond like a blessing for me because I know how, I mean, obviously I've struggled with emotional eating and still struggle with it to this day. So this is beyond like a blessing, a present, however you want to call it. So thank you so much. Thank you. Oh, awesome. So this is not, someone said the other day, because I'm always saying bye. They're like, no, it's a see you later. So this is definitely a see you later, Paula. Yeah, definitely. See you all right. Later. Oh, thank you all for listening today to the episode on the, this episode on the Eating Me podcast. I can't talk. I'm just so like, you know, with all the feels here. And um, we will see you all next time. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Hey, it's Alicia, and thank you for listening to another episode of the Eat Me podcast. And of course, happy 2023, y'all. I am so excited that we have made it to this year, a new year to start things afresh, you know, create new habits and find ways to enrich our lives. And so with that being said, I am really excited to announce to you all that I am launching a free three-day webinar on how we can release our fears in 2023. So there will be a free three-day webinar, Releasing Our Fears in 2023. Many of us want to start this year empowered, ready, and charged for what is ahead of us. And why not start that with me and actually learning how to release fear, how to empower ourselves, whether that be on a personal, a spiritual, a physical, emotional, professional level. Let's all work together to release those fears and be the person we are meant to be in this life. So I'm really excited. So January 17th, January 18th, and January 19th, we will have three days of just wonderful opportunities to learn how we can release those fears and just empower ourselves to be who we are meant to be, not only in 2023, but 
in the years to come. For more information on how to sign up for that webinar, definitely reach out to me. You have so many ways to reach out to me. You can contact me through my web my website, alishachristian.com. On Facebook, you can send me a send me messenger. I am Alicia Christian on Facebook. Instagram, I am the Alicia Christian. Any way you can reach out to me, do that thing. So like I said, you can send me a message through my website, alishachristian.com. You can contact me on Facebook at Alicia Christian. Send me a message through Messenger. Or you can send me a message via Instagram in the Messenger thing um, um, option there as well. I am the Alicia Christian on Instagram. I am excited to actually meet up with you all and discuss what has been holding you back. Release those fears and be your wonderful and empowered self. Happy 2023, y'all, again. And don't forget, the three-day webinar starts on January 17th. Don't miss out. It's going to be a great time and opportunity for us to get together, empower one another, and just be our best selves. I love y'all, and I'll see y'all next week. Thank you.